Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Quick note before we jump into today's episode. I get a lot of questions about starting and growing a podcast, questions I love to answer because this is a really fun part of my work life. I don't answer those questions here because it doesn't really fit. It's not the niche for this show or this episode, but I do have a little piece of advice today. Um, Have you heard of zombie Skittles? Yes, they are Skittles with Halloween-themed flavors. Pretty tasty. But the trick is, hidden amongst the joyful little sweet oval candies are scattered some that look like regular flavors, but are actually dead zombie flavor. My 12-year-old son has a jar of these on the kitchen counter with a sign above it that says, Zombie Skittles, try if you dare. And since I am a daring person, I try them. Now... My big recommendation for all of you interested in podcasting, don't tempt fate with a zombie Skittle right before recording, because I literally had the taste of teenage body odor mixed with rotting flesh and skunk's ass swirling around my mouth right now, and apparently water doesn't help. This is awful. I may need to wash the flavor away with a Reese's peanut butter cup, or I may have to resist that urge so I don't put on the COVID 300 pounds. I will say, though, so far I am weight neutral during quarantine, which I'm pretty happy about. I'm right where I started, and I'm okay with that. Okay, enough delay. Let's get to the stat line. Three data points to help you understand the state of the sports industry, and three fresh jobs that are super cool as determined by me. Number one. Currently on WorkInSports.com, the leading job board for the sports industry, you may have heard of it 10,000 times as I talk about it every week, we have 17,367 active sports jobs. Quick side note on that, it's about flat from last week, that's okay. Big shout out to Shelby Rikes who runs the blog Her Shot at the Top and shared on Twitter this past week comparing the various sports job boards. I'll summarize her data for you. We have 15,000 more active sports jobs than our nearest competitor. I'll let that stand there by itself for a second. Okay, data point number two. In the last week, we added 1,807 new sports jobs, which is an increase of about ah, 1%, which is essentially flat. That's okay. 1,800 jobs, not bad. Number three, that is an average of 258 new jobs added each day of the last week. That's opportunity. They're all kind of flat right now, and that's okay. We've been kind of treading water at this spot. As I told you all last week, expect numbers to actually decline slightly as we approach the holidays. Don't panic. This is normal seasonality. Okay, three fresh, cool jobs this week. Oh, and before I get into that, special thanks to Ed Olson and his class at Arizona State, who welcomed me into their sports marketing classroom last week. We talked resumes, interviewing, gaining the right skills. Great class, super fun. I promised them I'd give them a shout out, so there it is. And in about an hour, I'll be speaking at Eric Esterline's class at the University of Florida, which is always a good time too. Sun Devils and Gators, not a bad week. Uh, three cool jobs. Sports betting senior content coordinator at NBC Sports. I think it's actually content creator. Sorry, I said coordinator, I meant content creator at NBC Sports. Look, I don't know sports betting at all. I'm that guy that hears the Vikings are negative 175 for tonight's game and thinks, that sounds bad, only later to have a friend nudge me and say, no, 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 they're, they're favored, that's about money, or whatever. 
Anyway, my point is, I won't be competing with you for this job. And sports betting is a growth sector of the sports industry. There are tons of jobs in sports betting. And even if I don't understand it, maybe you should. Maybe you should learn this because there are opportunities there. And you can grow there even if I'm adult. Number two, business strategy internship for Austin FC. Okay, now this is cool. Austin FC joins MLS officially in 2021. And as I've said many times on this here podcast, sports is just a huge business and jobs in business strategy, business analytics, revenue optimization are so on the rise. Learning how the business works, strategizing for the future. Yes, I made that up. I'm just being funny. But thinking about the future and also thinking about how revenue can be increased or spending can be decreased. This is the way the sports industry is going great way to start building your knowledge and experience on the business side of sports, business strategy internship for Austin FC. And if you get this internship, I really want you to get me a t-shirt because I like their logo a lot. Speaking of great logos, the Seattle Kraken are hiring a digital specialist. Great entry-level role. You aren't writing the content, you're managing the flow of the content. So for example, they have writers and video editors and creators, but in this role, you take their work and bring it to the world. You use their content management system, you build landing pages, you upload and embed video content. Great way to learn how things work and be a part of a major new operation content, uh, the, the new operations of a content team. Learning this way from the ground up with a new organization is awesome because you grow with the team. And Seattle is a great city. I lived there for 10 years and sometimes regret leaving. Okay. That's the stat line for today. Big question time. A student from Grand Canyon University writes in, Hi, Brian. You conducted a resume workshop at Grand Canyon University a couple weeks ago, and many of my classmates told me it was really great. I like your classmates. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go. Can you share with me some of your tips for my resume? Well, yes, I can, nameless person who didn't tell me who they are, but I will answer it anyway. I have three very important thoughts on resumes. As a matter of fact, I'm speaking in the University of Florida class about these exact subjects very shortly. Um, we'll get into it because resume, okay, let's, let's talk about the importance of this. One of my favorite quotes about resumes lately has been from Maylin Vu, which if you listen to this podcast a lot, you know how much I admire Maylin. She's the talent acquisition director for the Cleveland Indians and one of my favorite interviews of all time. Okay. Mei Lin described resumes as being two-dimensional, and I love that. It's very simple, but think about it, right? It doesn't really tell me anything about you. It just tells me the details, right? It doesn't give me the full picture of you. So your resume is super important, and if you do it right, it can give off a really good story about you, but it's not the complete picture. It's important, but not all of it. But it's your first impression. It's the first thing they see about you. It's the first thing that the computers start to look at and say, oh, this person's a match or isn't. Or somebody reads it and says, oh, wow, this person could be great for our job. So you got to make sure it's right. Don Costante, who's the senior director of event production for the Kansas City Royals, also on the podcast said, your resume has to be the greatest document you've ever created. And I agree with him. So let's go through some best practices. Now, number one, before we get into this, I would like to say, before we get into the three things, I would like to say there is no perfect format for a resume right? There are best practices. There are best things you need to follow. I'm not going to talk color schemes. I'm not going to talk formatting. Well, a little bit, but not a lot. I don't want to get into all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter, right? I'm talking about the meat of your resume and how to go about it, but there's no perfect version. There's just best practices to follow. I want to make sure that that is, we set the ground rules here. Okay. Number one, this is actually the most important point. 
the other two are good too. Don't get me wrong, but like this one's really important. You need to have multiple versions of your resume. So let's do a sports analogy. You have a base version of your resume. And it's very much like a football team having a base defense. They have their core defense that they practice all throughout the year. It is their go-to. It is their standard. But every week, they game plan for that next week's opponent, and they make little changes. They shift things around a little bit. They make a different blitz package. They add some different things in that they think will attack this other team well. That is your exact approach for your resume. You have a base version of your resume, but for every job you apply to, you have to customize it. You have to move some things around. You have to highlight the things that are most important for that role and submit that customized version for that job. Every job in the job description is going to tell you what they want out of this role. You need to make sure that your resume matches up with what they're telling you that they need. Now, I'm not telling you to lie and add things in that you don't actually have. I'm just telling you to highlight the things that they stress are the most important. So if you're on your base resume, you haven't included that you have some certain knowledge and then you're applying for a certain job and that becomes apparent that they want that, make sure you get that in there. Or you have it as your fourth bullet point. You want to move it up to the first bullet point because they've stressed this as being important. You want to customize for each one. Okay, so you have your base resume, but you customize it. You put the work in to make it perfect for this role. Now, you also need a version of your resume that is meant for online applications. About 90% of the jobs you apply for are going to go through an applicant tracking system. They're going to be submitted to a computer system. You're going to submit them online. And those versions, that version you submit, cannot be your pretty formatted, crazy columns, graphically designed version of your resume. You can have a version like that, and that is perfect to hand to somebody or to email to somebody. Like if somebody says to apply for this job, email this address, send them your pretty version, send them the great PDF version of your resume that's perfectly designed, looks awesome, pops off the page, fantastic. But if you're applying in any other format, it needs to be a very basic version. No columns, no crazy formatting because when you submit it online, it goes through a computer system, an applicant tracking system that strips out all the formatting right away. And if you have columns or if you have fancy stuff in there, it confuses the computer system and it can jumble up all the words and it can read it in the wrong way. So you want to make a resume version that is customly made for online applications. And in those versions, everything goes completely across the page from left to right. Your sentences are just standard. Your bullet points are just standard. It makes it very readable for the computer system and for somebody that eventually sees it through the computer system. This happens to me all the time. I, I, I'm, we've been hiring for a while. I, uh, I look at resumes all the time. And what they do is they go through our applicant tracking system and it basically it form it takes out all the formatting and I'll look at some resumes that it's like a jumbled mess. The words are all skewed. There's sentences that are like three words and then it's a different three words over here. It's like, it's a mess because they have all these crazy formats that they'd used for their resume and it confuses the computer system. So again, to reiterate, you need to have a base version of your resume and then you need to customize it for the job that you're applying for. And if you're applying online, you use your online version of your resume, which is very clear of formatting and very basic looking. Okay. And if you're using it to submit to somebody in person, you hand them the, the pretty version. Or if you're emailing it to them as an attachment, you hand them the, you give them the pretty version. Okay. That should be very clear by now. Number two, 
metrics, metrics, metrics. Use data points. Okay. Every role that you have, you should be able to pull out at least one or two data points that you're using on there. It is proof of concept, right? I am tired of reading all the power verbs and power adjectives. It's all puffery. It all just blends in after a while. I want to see what you have done. I want to feel like you accomplish things and the data is the best way to let that be known. Right. So if you are uh, you had a social media internship, you might be talking about uh, your, your increase of Twitter followers from when you started. Right. How you made an impact there. Uh, if you're in a sales internship or a sales role, you can talk about how many cold calls you make and you're beating your quota and your conversion rate and your all these other data metrics. If you do online content, you can talk about um, uh, like uh, page views. You can talk about time on page. You can talk about bounce rates. There's so many data points you can pull out from any experience. If you were director for a TV show, you could talk about the audience of the of who was there, you know, numbers in that regard. There's so many little data points that you can pull out that you can use as proof of concept. And those sort of things stand out a lot more than somebody using the perfect adjective or the perfect verb. It's really got to be proof of proof of concept using data. Okay. Point number three in our best practices for your resume re, uh, review here, I guess you could say. Skip the mission statement. I have talked to so many employers about this and they all just don't like it. The, the, the paragraph that people put at the top that kind of explains what's their, their mission statement, their value statement, their success statement, whatever you want to call it, objective statement, is generally speaking a waste of space and it's poorly written by 99% of people. Most people write that in a way that is focused on what they want, but that's not what's important here. What's important is what the employer needs and if you fit that need, if you solve that problem. Every employer out there is hiring because they have a gap. They have a problem. They have a job that needs doing. You need to, if you're going to do one of these mission statements, and I still exp- I'm still saying you shouldn't, but if you're going to do one, it needs to be how you fill that gap. How do you fix things at their organization? How do you make things better? Not, I'm looking for a role. I'm interested in this role. I'm looking for a role that will uh, expand upon my knowledge that I've acquired during my college experience in marketing. It's like, great, that's what you want. That's wonderful for me to know. I kind of knew that you wanted this job because you applied for it. And that's great that that's what you want, but I have needs. I have things that I want. I have a role that I'm trying to fill, and this doesn't tell me how you fill it. So if you're going to do a mission statement, make it completely focused on what the organization needs and what this role requires. Do not make it on what you want. Big difference there. Now, I tell you again, skip it completely. It's not important. Most people don't read them. They skip right over them. They want to see on your resume what you can do. So that's where the metrics and your explanations of how talented you are come through. Highlighting your experience. I'll add in one extra bonus point. Okay, right now, you are in a strange world. COVID, college, internships, gaps in your resume, Nothing really makes perfect sense right now. Understand that most hiring managers are going to be very sensitive to the crazy world that we've been living in for 2020. Okay. So if you have a gap in your resume, nobody's going to really hold it against you. If you're a college student and you are inconsistent in your datelines on your resume, that's okay. People understand. Don't stress over that. What I would tell you is when you're first starting out, it's okay for you to have a resume that is not in perfect chronological order. If you interned with the Miami Dolphins, 
but your most recent internship was with your dad's law office. That doesn't mean you need to put the law office first and put the Miami Dolphins second. Put that Miami Dolphin one's front and center, okay? And this is early in your career. This is when you're, you have gaps and things are kind of jumbled around. You're a college student, right? You have different things that are happening in your life. You don't always have the perfect timeline of experiences. That's okay. Highlight the most important thing up near the top. When you get further on in your career, you will have a chronologically ordered resume, and that's going to be the standard. But early on, just make sure you don't bury that top line experience. Put that thing up near the top. And don't stress out over gaps in your resume. 99% of the world has a gap in their resume right now. It's an awful year. It's like, it's like don't, over, don't overthink it. Okay, remember, your resume is super important. Put the time and the effort in it. Get a lot of people to look at it, but don't trust anybody that says that there is a perfect format and you have to do a, a, this specific look and this specific thing and whatever. There isn't one because a person looking on the other side is going to be subjective. It's going to be subjective. Everybody has a different opinion of what they like. So don't get too mired in that stuff. Make sure you highlight yourself really well. Make sure you tell your story through data, your experiences, making sure you customize a resume for the job description they want and use your space wisely. Don't use it on a mission statement. Okay. And make sure you submit using the right version of your form of your resume. You know, use your online version when you're applying online, make sure that's clean of all the formatting and really easy to read left to right. And make sure that the ones that you do in person look really good. They've got that that standout design feature to them. I think that can make a great impression. Okay, that should cover it today. If you have more questions about your resume, you can always ask me through our private Facebook group. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'd appreciate it if you subscribe to this year podcast, continue listening, continue being a fan of the show, because as more people listen, it helps us remain really high in the podcast ranking results, and I can get really good guests for our upcoming episodes. So thank you as always. And everybody have an awesome Thanksgiving. I'll be back before then, but I'm starting to get in the Thanksgiving spirit now. 